ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತ ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಂಕರನಂದ ನಮಃಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರನಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ A very interesting discussion is in progress where the author is, dis- is discussing the nature of Nididhyasana, meditation upon the self. Basically, upon this truth that Atma or the self is different from this body. By, when we say body, we also mean the mind, the sense organs, the whole complex. What we call the physio, physico-psycho complex. that atma or the self is different from this body and that jagat is mithya meaning the world and basically what the world means beginning from this body because body also is creation this body mind etc which are all creation is not self so self is different from them and this is not self it is mithya meaning it is not real meaning it is not the ultimate reality <coughs> This is the truth that one has to remember. Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya. Brahma is truth and that is the self. Jagat Mithya, the creation is not truth. Creation is unreal. This is the truth that we learn from Shravanam and Mananam. From listening and from reflection upon what we have heard. By Shravanam or listening, what is eliminated is our ignorance. And by Mananam, reflection... what is eliminated is the various doubts and vagueness that we may have and thus by these two steps shravanam and mananam listening and reflection we the knowledge becomes clear this knowledge that atma the self is satyam is real and everything else is unreal mithya <coughs> and it was said that on account of the long habit habit from the time beginningless of taking this body etc to be the self the habitual error takes place again and again and we find ourselves identifying with the body in spite of knowing that the self is not the body <clears throat> this is called the habitual error which is there because we have been taking the body to be the self from all these births and even though we understood that the world is mithya but again because of our habit of having always given reality to what we perceive therefore we continue to again and again take it to be satyam again a habitual error and so what is necessary is to retain this vision to be conscious about this vision conscious about the self <clears throat> so let us being alert about the knowledge being alert about the true nature of the self is what is called nididhyasanam or meditation upon the self however this meditation upon the self is of a different nature from the meditation upon some other object 
like meditation upon a certain form, meditation upon a certain sound, meditation upon a certain symbol, meditation upon anything. That is generally what is called meditation, where there is an object of meditation, where you focus your mind, your attention, and keep it for a period of time. However, the meditation upon the self is of a different nature. Because self is my very self, and there, it doesn't have a form. It is not a symbol. It is not something different from me. And therefore, being aware of myself does not call for any condition of the mind. Meditation or concentration upon an object, it requires that the mind be withdrawn from the thought of all other objects. At the exclusion of all the objects, the mind must be focused upon the object of meditation. That is the condition for what we call meditation. However, for self-awareness, there is no need to withdraw the mind from anywhere because mind is never away from the self. So thoughts in the mind keep on changing. When the mind is thinking of the book, it is not thinking of the microphone. When it is thinking of microphone, it is not thinking of tree. Because book is not microphone and microphone is not tree. And therefore, when I think of one object, I cannot simultaneously think of another object. Because one object excludes another object. However, when I am focused, my attention is focused on the content of microphone and the tree and the book and everything. And what's that content? Asti, bhati, priyam. As I said, what's the nature of the self? Or what's the nature of truth? Asti, bhati, priyam. The book is. The book shines. The microphone is. The microphone shines. The tree is. The tree shines. And therefore, this content is and shines, is never displaced. Even though the thought of the object keeps on changing, the form of the thought keeps on changing, but the content of the thought, which is existence and awareness, they can never change. Just as when there are various ornaments before me, when I am thinking of one ornament, let's say bangle, that time I am not thinking of another ornament like earring. Bengal is not earring and earring is not necklace. However, bangal or earring or necklace, none of them can exclude gold. A bangal excludes earring and earring excludes in a, a, a bracelet or whatever. But none of them exclude, none of them excludes gold because gold is the content of all the ornaments. Similarly also, one name and form excludes another name and form. But no name and form can exclude existence because existence is the very content of every name and form. And no name and form can exclude awareness because awareness is always involved in illuminating every name and form. So Nididhyasanam or meditation upon the self or meditation upon Brahman or the truth is being aware of this fact that in and through every form and name there is existence. In and through every thought, there is awareness. That no object or no thought can be away from existence and awareness. And that existence and awareness is not out there, it is my very nature. So I, who am of the nature of existence, and that's also true about me. Even about me also. When I am speaker, 
I am not the listener. When I am listener, I am not the eater. When I am eater, I am not the walker. Even about I also, there is a constant change about the notion of I also. However, even when I am walking, I am talking, I am eating. As I said, the walker excludes the talker and talker excludes the goer. But none of them excludes again, I am. The walker, I am. Talker, I am. Goer, I am. As walker also I shine, as talker also I shine, as a goer also I shine. And therefore I am and I shine. That can never be excluded by any role that I may take. Thus if I am aware of this, that walking, talking, eating, drinking, all of these are actually attributes of this upadhi, of this body-mind complex and not of the I. That in spite of functioning in all these roles, I remains plain and simple sat and chit existence awareness. And if I am aware of that, then the mind can never go away, regardless of what role I am assuming, or regardless of what object I am thinking, I can never be away from that sat and chit, because that is my nature, and that is the nature of every object. So this Brahma Chintanam, Brahma Bhyasaha, or meditation upon Brahman understand, is of a nature different from the meditation upon an object. Because Brahman doesn't have a form, it doesn't have any attribute, it is a very self. And therefore mind is always centered on the self. We think that the mind runs away from us, mind never runs away from us, really. But since I do not make note of myself, therefore I feel that the mind runs away from me. Because I take myself to the body and therefore I say, mind has run away from me. Yes, it runs away from this body. But mind never runs away from awareness, never runs away from existence. And if I am aware of that fact, then Nididhyasanam or meditation upon the self does not require any particular kind of a practice. And that is a point that is sought to be brought about in the discussion that follows. <clears throat> in these verses, the author seeks to show the difference between meditation and Nididhyasanam. <clears throat> Going to verse 119. 118 it was said, And how to perform this meditation upon the self? Said, This method was given. That when you are by yourself, all the time, think of that. Think of the self, which is satchit, or think of the world that also is satchit. Tat kathanam, when you are talking, also talk about that. Anyonyam tat prabodhanam, and when you are discussing among one another, discuss only that. So let that, meaning Brahman or the self, be the, the content of the object of your thinking, object of your talking, and object of your discussion. <coughs> and thus, all, in all, through, all activities also, you will always remain with that truth. This is how the Nididhyasanam is performed. And in so doing, slowly and slowly, we will be able to overcome this samskara, the habit of taking the body, mind, etc. to be the self, and the mind will slowly and slowly abide in this knowledge of sat and chit being the self. <coughs> now, in so doing, eta deka paratvebe nirbandho dhyanavannahi, said in the verse 118, eta deka paratvebe even though thus there is a single-pointed concentration or awareness of the self. Dhyanavat nirbandha nahi. 
इन ध्यान और मेडिटेशन निर्बंध है द माइंड हैज टू बी बाउंड माइंड हैज टू बी टाइड सपोज यू आर मेडिटेटिंग ऑन ओम मेडिटेटिंग ऑन ए फॉर्म मेडिटेटिंग ऑन फ्लेम मेडिटेटिंग ऑन एनीथिंग देन इट इज नेसेसरी टू टाई द माइंड टू दैट पर्टिकुलर ऑब्जेक्ट दैट द माइंड इज नॉट अलाउड टू रन अवे टू अदर ऑब्जेक्ट दैट इज कॉल्ड निर्बंध है निर्बंध मीन्स रिस्ट्रेनिंग द माइंड सो मेडिटेशन अपॉन इन ऑब्जेक्ट always requires restraining of the mind but meditation upon the self does not require restraining the mind because no object is apart from the self or no object excludes the self if i truly know the truth of the object and therefore different thoughts can be there in the mind and still i can be aware of the self in kenopanishad this will be shown pratibodha viditam matam says in kenopanishad प्रतिबोध विदित मतम बोधम बोधम प्रति विदितम विथ रेफरेंस टू एवरी थॉट विथ रेफरेंस टू एवरी कॉग्निशन वन रेकग्नाइजेज ब्रह्मन वन रेकग्नाइजेज सेल्फ एज वॉट एज अ विटनेस ऑफ द थॉट एज इल्यूमिनेटर ऑफ द थॉट एज दैट विच रिवील्स द थॉट सो द थॉट किप्स ऑन चेंजिंग बट द इल्यूमिनेटर और द विटनेस इज एवर द सेम एंड दस एवरी थॉट रिफ्लेक्ट द सेल्फ just as every mirror reflects my face every thought reflects a self that is awareness to wise man every object only reflects one thing and that same sat chit every name and form reflects what sat and chit every name and form is nothing but a medium or a vehicle for the manifestation of sat and chit every thought also becomes a vehicle or a medium for manifestation of sat and chit so the one whose mind is tuned to satanchit that person will never fail to see it unless you get overcome by some kind of habitual error you come under some kind of an impulse and then you must forget but as long as you are alert you will not fail to notice this this is for the wise man and therefore for the one who is alert about the truth there is no need to concentrate the mind on a particular object there is no need to concentrate the mind on a particular thing and therefore no need to tie down the mind to a particular thought no need to restrain the mind to a particular thought but the mind can think of what it wants and still you can appreciate the witness of every thought you can appreciate the content of every thought this is the principle of niridhyasanam or meditation upon the self <laughs> now this theme is being discussed in the subsequent mantra verses Season introduction of verse 119. Nanu dhyanasya dhyachinta matraatmakatvat tatrako nirbandha. Question is, dhyanam meaning meditation. So you must understand the difference between these two terms, dhyanam and nididhyasanam. So nididhyasanam is a technical term that we employ for meditation upon the self. and dhyanam is a term that is usually employed for any kind of meditation and the reason why the vedantins use the term niridhyasanam is to distinguish this process from ordinary dhyanam or meditation which involves a duality between the meditator and the object of meditation so dhyanam or ordinary meditation involves a duality between the one who meditates and that which is meditated upon between dhyata and dhyaya between meditator and meditator there is a duality so it also involves an effort 
it also involves kartrutvam or a doership because I am meditating and therefore there I is a, uh, there is a role of meditator that the I has taken. Whereas in Nididhyasanam, this process of duality, this, this aspect of duality is not there. In Nididhyasanam or meditation upon the self, I am not meditating on something other than myself. I am not even meditating on myself because you cannot meditate on yourself. I am just aware of myself. Like an actor who is aware of his identity even while performing different roles. And so also a wise man remains aware of the self even while performing different roles. So that, that is then when the knowledge becomes spontaneous, in which case no effort is even needed. But until the knowledge becomes spontaneous, some effort is needed to overcome what we call habitual error. And therefore, it is necessary that this seeker here, or this mumakshu, who wishes to gain an abundance in the knowledge, has to confine his activities within a certain class, no doubt, as, as tat chintanam, tat kathanam, anyonyam, tat prabodhanam, one single pointed commitment. Only to Brahman, through thinking, through talking, through discussion but only where the content of the subject matter is one, namely Brahman. And ultimately when that knowledge becomes abiding, one abides in knowledge, even that smaranam also no effort is needed because spontaneously you abide in the knowledge that you are Brahman and everything is Brahman and therefore there is no need then to even remain aware. Just as when I wake up in the morning, in, for first few seconds perhaps becomes necessary until I wake up really. I may get up from the bed and then I might even take shower or whatever it is. And still it takes some time for people really to wake up. Getting up is one thing and waking up is another thing. And therefore, it may be necessary to remember. Or sometimes I wake up from a nightmare and I have been experiencing something very painful or whatever it is. And that nightmare has an influence upon me for a period of time. And again and again I forget, am I awake? Who am I really? That time... In that transition period, it becomes necessary to remember that I am awake, I am no more dreaming, I am not that one. And, and when I own up this fact that I am awake, then of course I don't have to make any further effort. And similarly, when I own up this knowledge, no further effort is needed. But until we own up this knowledge, effort is needed. That effort alone was called Brahma Abhyasa or Ekaparatvam. <coughs> All right. Now says here, Nanu dhyanasya dhyaya chinta matraatmakatvat tatrako nirbandha. The question is, what is dhyana? Meditation is merely concentrating the mind upon the object of meditation. So, where is the nirbandha? Where is the restraint involved there? As though he doesn't know what is meditation. So, the question is, that alright, what is dhyana? Meditation, concentrating the mind or all the time think, focusing the mind upon a particular object of meditation. Tatrako nirbandha, what restraint is involved there? Ityashankya, dhyane nirbandham darshaitum dhyanasvarobham tavadaha. Now the author wants to show that a restraint is involved in meditation. But before saying that, in the next verse says, what is meant by dhyanam or what is meant by meditation? So first the author explains the nature of dhyanam or meditation and then shows us how a restraint is involved. So verse 119 gives here the nature of meditation. Murti pratyasantyantam 
मूर्ति प्रत्यसान्तम अन्यानंतरितम धिय है अन्यानंतरितम धिय है ध्यानम तत्रात निर्बंध है ध्यानम तत्रात निर्बंध है मनसंचलात्मन मनसंचलात्मन मूर्ति प्रत्यसान्तम अन्यानंतरितम धिय ध्यानम दिस इज डेफिनेशन ऑफ ध्यानम और मेडिटेशन मूर्ति मूर्ति मीन्स अ फॉर्म और द ऑब्जेक्ट ऑफ मेडिटेशन मूर्ति प्रत्यसान्तम सांत्यम वट इज सांतम धिय बुद्धे संबंधीना देवतादिमूर्तिगोचराण प्रत्ययनाम अविच्छिन्नतया वर्तमान सो द ऐडिया इज दट वॉट इज कॉल मेडिटेशन इज वेन द माइंड मेन्टेन्स द सेम शॉर्ट फॉर्म फॉर ए पीरियड ऑफ टाइम सो सपोज यू आर मेडिटेटिंग अपन ए फॉर्म यू आर मेडिटेटिंग ऑन दक्षिणा मूर्ति देन योर आईज आर क्लोज एंड योर माइंड यू विजुअलाइज अ फॉर्म ऑफ दक्षिणा मूर्ति एंड रिटेन दैट शॉर्ट फॉर्म फॉर ए पीरियड ऑफ टाइम third one comes and usually the second is different from the first thought and third is different from the second thought that's the usual case but in meditation it is necessary that the second thought must be the same as the first thought and the third thought is same as the second thought meaning each thought is same as the previous thought so first thought is dakshinamurti second thought dakshinamurti third thought dakshinamurti this there is this whole flow of thought so it is called santatyam santati santati meaning a series or a continuous flow and so when there is a continuity of the flow of the same thoughts anyanantaritam and tat anyanantaritam anyena vijatiya pratyena avyavahitam sat and when this thought flow is not interrupted by an opposite or a different thought so see here the mind which is a series of thoughts or a flow of thoughts when we are able to maintain the same flow of thought meaning the same thought is repeated again and again and again without interruption by another kind of thought that state of mind is called dhyanam or meditation it is called sajatiya vritti pravaha Rutti pravaha, a thought flow, sajatiya, where the jati or the nature of the thought is the same, the same thought. Suppose you are repeating in your mind, Om Namah Shivaya, then Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om, Om. Whatever you take as an object of meditation, same thought is repeated for a period of time without the interruption of a contrary thought. or a dissimilar thought let's say without the interruption of a dissimilar thought that is called dhyanam all right that's fine what's the big deal about it so we can do that 
तत्र अति निर्बंध है मनस है चंचलात्मन है एवं ध्यान स्वरूप निरूप्य तत्र निर्बंधम दर्शयतीचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचरलेसनेचर
a, a horse. A physical rope is required to restrain that horse and so you tie it with a post and so also the mind must be somehow tied to the post, meaning tied to a particular object of meditation with a restraint. Otherwise, the mind will not be able to focus its attention on one object for any length of time. <laughs> Why do you say mind is restless? Manasaha chanchalyadav gita vakyam pramanayati. This is a experience of everybody. This is very frustrating. And nobody says this to anybody else. Usually about the meditation, everybody keeps it a secret to themselves. Nobody wants to reveal their own secret as to how restless their mind is. And so you start meditating, you start japa, you start repeating something, anything. And then if you really are conscious, you will find how many minutes the mind is really on what you are chanting or what you are uh, meditating upon. Not a line, not, not very long time. Because mind keeps on remembering something. And chanting also becomes soon mechanical. Once you memorize it, then your mouth keeps on chanting, mind can wander anywhere and that Dakshinamudhi Stotra is over, you know. The ten verses are over, then you realize, oh, this is over. Even these 108 names of Dakshinamudhi are so difficult, that's nice. So you have to concentrate your attention and so that your mind has to be focused there. But in course of time, even they also you remember. Every day if you keep on chanting, someday you remember those also. Then it goes on. You can be offering these flowers to the Lord. The hand offers flowers, the mouth chants the names and the mind can go wherever it wants. And that is the nature of mind, that it is, its nature is to wander about. Wandering is a nature. And therefore people feel very frustrated because they feel that they are the only people who have this problem and nobody else has. That everybody appears so serious and meditating, you know. And then, so we feel that nobody seems to have this problem of restlessness of the mind and we alone have this problem. And therefore, everybody suffers from a tremendous complex about meditation. So nobody wants this meditation. Nobody wants to even wake up in the morning because meditation is, is a frightening, uh, 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 what shall I say, prospect. And therefore, I want to avoid it. And you find one excuse or the other to avoid it somehow. Children also avoid therefore. You have to force them to do their prayers and things like that because it's very difficult to concentrate. Anyway, so that mind is restless. Restlessness is the nature of mind because we have never restrained it. And as we grow these days, any kind of restraint is supposed to be suppression. And therefore, in Western countries, there is no restraint whatever. And we will not debate whether restraint is good or not, you know, that we leave to the psychologists and what not. But then, when no restraint at all is done, and you are allowed to do whatever you want, allowed to think whichever way you want, allowed to speak whatever you want, in the name of personal or freedom, then mind becomes even more restless because there has been no occasion, at least in countries like India, good, bad or indifferent, people were asked to memorize things, you know, there was a lot of memorization involved there and a lot of, therefore, you had to concentrate your mind, focus your mind on something. And that is how certain concentration faculties were developed. But here when the ready references are available, computers are available, calculators are available, reference books are everything available at sweep of your tongue and that we need not keep anything in your mind. And therefore, practically no habit of concentrating the mind. And therefore, that concentration becomes even more difficult. Regardless of that, whoever's mind it is, restlessness is the nature of mind. 
because we have never restrained it, we have never disciplined it, we have not thought it necessary to do it also. And so the mind is restless. And that is what even Arjuna says. Arjuna is not an, in Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna says that, and that really surprises me. Because Arjuna was a great warrior. And in his life, he had performed tremendous amount of penance. You see, to, to be able to possess his weapons, like those the warriors possessed, different kind of missiles, you know, or missiles, different kinds of missiles, fire and then the... Uh, they could invoke different deities like fire and water and air and therefore different kinds of missiles were being fired and that's how the battles were fought. And you must have what they call mantra siddhi, meaning you utter the mantra, utter a particular chant and that deity comes. And mantra siddhi requires a tremendous amount of concentration. You must chant that mantra for a great length of time and really avoid that mantra, then alone that mantra siddhi comes. So those people had done a tremendous amount of tapasya, penance. And therefore, I would expect them to have a tremendous concentration of mind. Arjuna says, and that verse is repeated in 120, that famous verse from the 6th chapter, is repeated here to show how the mind is, is restless. <clears throat> Maybe Arjuna is representing our case. Not his case, but representing our case. Because sometimes you ask questions, not only for your own sake, but for the sake of audience also. Sometimes they do. In order to initiate discussions and things like that. So whatever. So this verse 120 is that verse from the 6th chapter of Gita. Chanchalam himanah krishna Chanchalam himanah krishna Pramasibala vadradham Pramasibala vadradham Tasyaham nigraham manye Tasyaham nigraham manye Vayo rivasudushkaram Vayo rivasudushkaram So Arjuna says to Lord Krishna Chanchalam hi manah Krishna. Hey Krishna, O Lord Krishna. Chanchalam hi manah. He is prasiddhi, is very famous, very well known. That manah chanchalam, that mind is restless, mind is fickle. Meaning, it cannot remain or cannot abide on one object for any length of time. It keeps on moving from one object to the other. <coughs> okay, if this is so, what does it matter? Let it be. It says pramasi. Pramasi means pramasana shilam. Kamena viveka pramasane samartham. What happens is there are so many impulses in the mind, like passion, like anger. So many such impulses are there. That all my viveka, all the discrimination that I have also is completely uh, overpowered by the mind. So mind is overpowering. In fact, it has a, it has ability to torment me. So when these passions when the passions of kama or krodha, etc., when they take over my mind, then pramasi, pramasana shilam, purushasya vyakulatva karanam. It makes me vyakula, it makes me agitated. So mind is not only restless, but it makes me agitated. Why? It thinks of things which I do not want to think. It only reminds me of the people whom I don't want to think about. That's a mind. You wish to forget about something, mind brings it back in, into the memory again and again. And you don't want to think of a given thing, it keeps on thinking. And that is how makes a person totally agitated. <clears throat> I don't want to think of an object, mind goes there only. I want to think of a given thing, mind doesn't think. And thus mind does exactly different, opposite to what I want. And thus makes me agitated. So, manapurushasya vyakulatva karanam. 
it is my mind alone which is the cause of my agitation okay doesn't matter you can control it it says balavat samartham anigrahyam ityarsah and it is so strong and so powerful that i cannot even restrain it i cannot even control it <coughs> balavat agrahat anigraha samartham cha it is very strong very powerful and therefore just as you know when the children are small then mothers can restrain them they can catch hold of them give a slap or whatever it is or they get children do whatever they want as the children grow then they slowly become stronger then they start giving mother a hard time you know then the child runs away and mother is still able to run after the child and catch hold of the child but in course of time the child grows up and becomes so strong that the mother cannot catch the child and sometimes the child does not even bother because mother hits the child and is a mother who is hurt and nothing happens to that fellow you know that's what happens sometimes the children are so strong mother sometimes hits and then she gets hurt in the process and similarly also my mind is such that it is not in my control at all i want to catch it i want to restrain it or bring it back it just obstinately remains where it wants balavat means it anigrahyam samartham it is very strong anigrahyam something that cannot be restrained drudham drudham means obstinate even if i even if i do not want it to think of a given object it continues sati asativa vishaye lagnam in good or bad any object it takes it just gets you know it keeps on dwelling or gets merged into the object whether i want it or not so mind is restless it agitates me it is very strong and therefore i cannot control it and then it is so obstinate that it keeps on thinking of what it wants tatasyaham nigraham manye vayoho iva sudushkaram and arjuna says tasya nigraham aham sudushkaram manye tatah uddhartum ashakyam meaning when the mind is thinking of a given thing is very difficult to disengage the mind from that thought atah tasya manasah nigraha vayoho nigraha iva sudushkaraha and therefore the restraint to the mind is as difficult as restraining wind that's what arjuna says how easy or difficult it is to restrain the wind so difficult it is to restrain this mind very openly and frankly arjuna the disciple reports this to the teacher that's how he was that way was arjuna arjuna means a straight forward person person who doesn't have was simple minded person doesn't have any angularities inside or 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 uh, cheating that inside is something and outside is something else and therefore he quietly told that this this yoga you are talking about a lot so yoyam yoga tvaya prokta samyena madhusudana etasyaham na pashyami chanchalatva sthitim sthiram lord you are talking about the samya yoga of seeing the same truth everywhere but mind my, my mind is so restless that i don't see any way as to how my mind can be focused on this anyway since the mind is such therefore to be to have this to uh, focus this mind upon one object for any length of time becomes so difficult and so such obstinate powerful strong restless mind to focus it on one object is extremely difficult it requires a tremendous amount of restraint it is like tying a monkey to a post you know something like that <clears throat> and not only bhagavad gita says here in the verse 121 the author quotes 
a verse from another famous text called Yoga Vashishtam, which deals with yoga. Manasaha Durnigrahatve Vashishtavakyam Vipramanayati. That mind is Durnigraham, mind is extremely difficult to restrain. There to show how restless the mind is and how difficult it is to restrain the mind. To show that, again, the author quotes from a statement from Vashishtha Ramayana to, in order for justification of his view, in the verse 121. <clears throat> Sumerun Mulanadapi Abhivanyashanat Sadho Abhivanyashanat Sadho Vishamaschitta Nigraha Vishamaschitta Nigraha There, Vasistha, sage Vasistha is giving Upadesha to Lord Rama. So in the Yoga Vasistha, the teacher is sage Vasistha. And who is a disciple? Rama is a disciple. Sadho so Vasishta, the sage, addresses Lord Rama. Hey Sadhu, Api Abdhipanan Mahataha. So, even more difficult than Abdhi meaning ocean, more difficult than even drinking the whole ocean. Sumerun, Sumeru Unmulanadapi. Sumeru is a big great mountain. That's a mythological mountain. Or you can say like Mount Kailasa, Mount Everest. A huge mountain. This Mount Sumeru is supposed to be a golden mountain. And it's supposed to be the very center of the whole universe. Around which the whole universe is turning. This is the idea. So this Sumeru is the very axis of the whole universe. Such a huge mountain it is. And suppose you can pull out that mountain, uproot that mountain. Uprooting that mountain may be possible. Drinking the whole ocean may be possible. Fire some money. Or uprooting that mountain may also be possible. Api vanyashanat and consuming fire. Even consuming fire or eating fire also may be possible. Vishamaha chittanigraha. But restraining the mind is even more difficult than all these tasks. Can you imagine that? This is what is said in the Yoga system. That restraining the mind is more difficult than even drinking the whole ocean. And this feat was performed by a great sage whose name was Agastya. So there are stories, there is a story of a sage Agastya in the Puranas in India, where it said that sage Agastya drank over the whole ocean. Or Sumeru Unmulanadapi, it is said that Brahmaji uprooted the whole Mount Sumeru. It is said that Lord Krishna drank the fire. So all these illustrations are there in the mythological literature that somebody is known to have even drunk the fire. Somebody has uprooted the Mount Meru like Mount Everest and somebody has even drunk the whole ocean. Such feats have been performed, such feats and they can be performed. But here, there Vasishta says that controlling or restraining the mind is even more difficult than this. The idea is mind is restless, agitating, obstinate, very powerful, and therefore, restraining mind is extremely difficult. It requires a lot of application. It requires certain methods also, like pranayama, etc., like restraining the breath, and various other things, japa, etc. And then one may gain control of the mind. But here the idea is that mind is extremely difficult to restrain. 
and therefore dhyanam or meditation meditation involves focusing the mind upon one object that means totally going against the nature of the mind mind likes to wander from one object to the other we want to restrain it to one object and that restraining becomes extremely difficult so dhyanam or meditation involves a restraining while nididhyasanam or meditation upon the self does not involve this kind of restraint this is idea this is the distinction that is sought to be made between dhyanam and nididhyasanam <coughs> prakrute tato vaishamyam darshayati prakrute meaning viparid bhavana nivartaka nididhyase now in case of nididhyasanam or being aware alert about the self tatah dhyana yogat vailakshanyam darshayati also shows how this nididhyasanam or awareness for self is different from this meditation how that is said in verse 122 kasana dauna nirbandhah kasana dauna nirbandhah shrankhala baddha dehavat shrankhala baddha dehavat kintvananetihasyadyeh kintvananetihasadyeh vinodo natyavadhyah vinodo natyavadhyah <coughs> now what is nididhyasanam or what is the method for all the time remaining aware of the self self you can be aware of brahman or the truth while talking about it or while discussing about it so talking and discussing does not require the kind of restraint of the mind that focusing attention on one object requires that's the idea here so shrunkhala baddha dehavat like a body that is tied to a chain or to fetters yatha nirbandah just as a body that has been tied to the rope with a rope how it is restrained na tatha kasanadu nirbandah similar kind of restraint is not there in katha meaning in talking about kasanam meaning in talking about brahman or chintanam thinking about brahman or prabodhanam anyonyam prabodhanam or discussion about brahman that does not require that kind of restraint like what is meant by restraint like the body being tied by rope similarly the mind doesn't have to be tied in kasanam chintanam or prabodhanam आदिशब्देन तच्चिंतनादिकं गृह्यते कथनादौ मीनिंग इन द कथा कथा मीन्स इन टॉकिंग और टेलिंग अबाउट रिलेटिंग अबाउट ब्रह्मन और थिंकिंग अबाउट इट और डिस्कसिंग अबाउट इट न केवलं निर्बन्ध अभावश्च प्रत्युतः धियो विनोदः नॉट ओनली दैट यू डू नॉट हैव टू रिस्ट्रेन द माइंड एंड देयरफॉर देयर इज नो एक्सर्शन ऑफ रिस्ट्रेनिंग द माइंड बट इन फैक्ट देयर इज अ पॉजिटिव जॉय इन टॉकिंग लाइक दिस This is called kathanam. What we are doing right now is called tat kathanam. This katha or katha meaning describing or talking about Brahman. This is called katha. In fact, not only there is no restraint in this because you don't have to focus your mind on any particular object and thus exert, but you have a free scope of talking about variety of things of which the center or the locus is Brahman. So pratyuta hai. pratyud dhyo vinodah in fact there is an entertainment of the mind in talking about brahman in talking about the self so not only restraint is not involved like dhyanam but in nididhyasanam or chikasanam etc what is involved is 
एंटरटेनमेंट एंजॉयमेंट ऑफ द माइंड किंतु आनंद इतिहासाद्यही विनोदह नाट्यवद्यह बिकॉज यूजुअली इन डूइंग दिस कथा और दिस डिस्कोर्सेस और प्रवचनम द टीचर्स और द स्पीकर्स always use variety of illustrations variety of stories and variety of things there variety of illustrations they give different stories they tell some of them tell number of jokes also and thus they can make the whole thing very entertaining but then the teacher a good teacher always takes care to see that in spite of the different illustrations or stories or entertainment or jokes or whatever it is then the attention never wanders from the main topic otherwise very often there can be digressions that you are talking about brahman on this dhyasanam and you can and that happens to many people who are not quite well trained or not disciplined so they start telling a story and they forget where they started from and it goes on and on and of 15 minutes and sometimes they would even ask the audience what were we talking about so to come back is difficult but that doesn't happen to the teacher who is who, who has a discipline and therefore when the, when the teacher unfolds this truth then regardless of what he talks the truth is always in the mind and that alone is unfolded through words and therefore in and through various illustrations that are given or various logic that is given and various experiences that are related in all of them the subject matter is one alone someone like shankaracharya what how many illustrations does he give so you can imagine shankaracharya perhaps traveling maybe seated in a in a bullock cart and looking around he looks at the sky and sees the clouds and the moon and gives a illustration that just as for the child who looks at the cloud thinks that the moon is running whereas for the wise who looks at the moon he knows that it is the cloud that is running so whereas the clouds are running and it appears to the uninitiated that the moon is running similarly also it is the mind and the sense organs of the body that are active but to the one who doesn't know things that atma is active see how the motion of the cloud is superimposed upon the moon and we come to the conclusion that the moon is running similarly also the movement and modification that take place in the body and the mind are superimposed upon the self and we think that i am restless where it is mind is restless i say i am restless mind is acting i say i am acting so so he looks there and this illustration he looks at the sun and again another illustration just as in the very presence of sun how the people on the earth how the living beings on the earth perform their various activities in the presence of sun because when sun was not there when it was all dark darkness in night at that time all these living beings were asleep they were all inactive they were as though all inert or dead and as the sun rises he as though induces life into all the living beings and all of them start functioning in his presence and thus we find that the activities of the people requires the presence of sun so sun in the very presence of sun all the activities take place but sun merely remains an uninvolved witness how the sun whose presence is necessary for the activities to happen but who is uninvolved in the activities so also the atma the self is like the sun all in presence of the self this body mind intellect all of these things perform their activities so whereas they cannot be active without the blessing of the of the presence of the self the self nevertheless remains an uninvolved witness and like this 
any number of illustrations are given. All our common experiences, we don't see those things. But the teacher sees those because there is a perception. To a devotee, everything appears like God. And so Ravindranath Tagore, I just read a sentence recently. The trees, looking at the trees. Trees are a constant effort on the part of the earth to communicate to the listening heavens. So Ravindranath Tagore, this poet, when he looks at the trees, he sees that the earth is all the time talking to the heavens, you know. So, when, for the person who has that perception, he sees that play of the same truth or the same divinity everywhere. And once that perception is there, you do not have to do any particular thing, but in and through whatever you are doing or talking, you can remain aware of that. And so, kathanam meaning this teaching or talking. And even though you, it is not necessary to restrain the mind to a particular topic or to a particular object, the mind wanders. It has a great scope of wandering, great scope of talking, and still, it, always the truth is kept in sight. <coughs> so, itihasa, you can tell different stories. You can tell stories from the Puranas, you can tell stories from Ramayana, Mahabharata, you can tell modern stories, all kinds of stories you can tell. And through the stories, this point is illustrated. So, there is an enjoyment in talking about the stories, at the same time, there is learning. Both the things take place simultaneously. They say, this is called, uh, what do they call it? The uh, uh, Some nyaya is there in Sanskrit. <laughs> Where a small child, if you want to administer bitter medicine to the child, and these Ayurvedic medicines are invariably bitter, and very often they have to be licked, and it is so bitter that no child will ever be willing to do that. So you know what the mother does? Mother first gives the child jaggery, or like honey, which is sweet to lick. So child very happily licks honey. And now its mouth is all sweet. And then you give that bitter medicine and it doesn't even recognize it and it goes in there, swallows. And similarly also, because medicine, to take it directly is quite difficult for the child. And similarly also, to understand its truth directly would be quite difficult. And our teachers usually give variety of illustrations and, and, and communicate through variety of stories and illustrations and thus make it very enjoyable for the listener also and easier to understand also. <clears throat> and therefore, kasanam or talking about Brahman, talking about the self involves a lot of enjoyment also because you resort to various stories, various happenings, various illustrations. Itihasadhyayi so, itihasa hai, purvesham katha, itihasa means history. So, purvesham katha, what happened to the people in the past? Adya tesham laukika katha anukula yukti drishtanda pradarshanadinam. And that katha, and itihasa you say, and laukika katha anukula yukti, you give variety of logical reasonings, drishtanda, give variety of illustrations from your day-to-day happenings, and thus you can... Uh, communicate this truth with all these other uh, other elements involved which elements make it very palatable and very enjoyable so the students listen to the very illustrations and stories also at the same time they understand or learn the truth also and of course the students mind may perhaps get distracted sometimes they tell Swamiji but then what happens is it is very amusing to listen to Swami 
But then sometimes you get so absorbed in that joke or illustration that you forget what you are talking about. The Swami may be very clear, you know, because he doesn't forget. But the listener sometimes, he gets so involved in that story that they forget. And so sometimes it can become a distraction. But usually, to the teacher it doesn't become a distraction because he always keeps that thing in his mind. And it becomes necessary also to give some illustration because the students get, there is a little, there is always a limit to the, what they call attention span. And so we cannot focus attention on such a subtle subject for a great length of time or a few minutes. So every five minutes or so, something is given. So the mind is a little happy, okay. After five minutes, something else, some other little joke or some other story. And that's how you make it a little, not light in the sense, don't dilute it. But at the same time, it can make it enjoyable for the students also and enjoyable for the speaker also. And that's how this kathanam meaning, talking about Brahman or discussing about it or even thinking about it also, is not at all difficult once you know the truth. Not only that, but it is enjoyable also. <coughs> the anantaha, asankhyaha, and how many illustrations are there? How many stories are there? Countless. The itihasadhyascha, iti ananta itihasadhyaha, bruhad. This this text called Yoga Vasistha or Bruhad Vasistha gives so many stories, so many illustrations, stories are there. Even this Panchadashi also has so many illustrations. We see that almost every verse contains some illustration or the other. And thus it makes it easier for the student to grasp the very subtle points. So, Taihi, Dhyaha, Buddhahe, Vinodaha, Krida, Bhavati. And on account of all this, the mind enjoys this also. Tatra, Drushtandaha, Nartivadhyaha, Nritya, Kriya, Nirikshanam, Iva. Just as one would enjoy watching a dance or one would enjoy watching a drama. And so also one enjoys talking about Brahman, talking about the self. Because in the drama also certain expressions, certain, it's a communication. Dance also is a communication. But communication in a very beautiful way. And therefore you get the communication and enjoy that very movement also or the art form also. And similarly also, this communication is a very, is a, is what it communicates is beautiful. But the manner in which it is communicated also is beautiful. And therefore, the students get the truth as well as enjoy that very art of communication. Anyway, the point that is made here is that Nididhyasanam does not involve any restraint of the mind or does not involve the exertion that meditation involves. On the other hand, this is in fact quite enjoyable or entertaining also. <coughs> Okay. Om Puranamadav Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyomavadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 
हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम